2: Connect to more.
0: got to listen to a rational fan scream at referees. It's the greatest noise my ears have heard in quite some time. Welcome back into Nuanez Now. I am Coulter Nuanez. We're broadcasting to you live around the great state of Montana on 102.9 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. If you're watching on the TV and you see an empty TV studio, it's because we're not there. We're not in Montana. We're in Idaho. We're in the Gem State in the City of Trees, Boise, Idaho. We are broadcasting live to you from Idaho Central Arena. The second of four quarterfinals games for the Big Sky Conference Men's Tournament is going on right now. Montana State leads Idaho State 47-38, about 11 minutes to go in the game. There's about, oh, I don't know, 100 Montana State fans here. This has been a very, very physical game, a game filled with a lot of energy, a lot of battle in the paint, and uh, a lot of controversial foul calls, and I think that's why the refs are taking it from the crowd. Right before we went on air, I actually predicted that I thought Montana State head coach Danny Sprinkle was going to get himself a technical, but I went to use the lavatory before I got on the air, sure enough. Hey, Sprinkle does get a T, so we'll keep you apprised of what's going on here in this game, but we've got a lot to get to in today's show. If you want to listen any other way than besides on the traditional radio or the watching on the traditional television, you can always go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. There you'll find the live stream. All you have to do is click on Listen Live. Live stream is presented by Opportunity Bank, opportunity bank your local bank. Your opportunity, if you want to give us a call, shoot us a text, you can do either of those things. That's 361-3688 We have been in Boise since Sunday We've had all sorts of coverage for you Both here on ESPN Missoula As well as uh, SkylineSportsMT.com The first quarterfinal of the day Here in Boise Took place between top-seeded Southern Utah And number 8 Northern Colorado UNC got out the gates quick. They're up 20-12. to 12. Bodie Heumann hit three threes. He scored 30 yesterday, and he ended up scoring 30 again today, but it wasn't enough for Northern Colorado as Southern Utah pulls out a 91-83 victory behind 34 points from John Knight III. That's a career high for Southern Utah's senior point guard and SUU into the semifinals as the top seed. They will play the winner of this Montana State-Idaho State game, which is playing out right now. In today's show... We're going to hear from a bunch of different folks. Riley Corcoran sitting here with me right now. We're going to talk to you about this men's tournament as well as recap last afternoon's, I guess yesterday afternoon's Grizz game. Uh, Montana did pull out a 69-64 win over Idaho to move in to the quarterfinals. They'll play the nightcap tonight, 8 p.m. against Weaver State. We have a little bit of sound from Travis DeCure as well as Josh Vasquez who had a career-high 21 points. And Robbie Beasley, Montana's outstanding freshman who uh, hit a couple of free throws down the stretch to seal it, also scored in double figures. Chris, a going to stop by as she does each and every Thursday for around the Big Sky Women's. Hoops also have some sound from last night's Montana State women's game. If you hadn't heard, Idaho, a great second half, specifically a great third quarter to pull away from Montana State. Idaho posts a 80-64 victory over MSU in the semifinals last night. So we got the matchup. Everybody anticipated Idaho versus Idaho State for the women's championship tomorrow at noon. So Chris will be here about 4.30. We'll recap all the action from last night. Second hour, we got some great guests uh, for the second hour. We're also going to give you all the scores from around uh, state tournament action. State tournaments are taking place at the AA, B, and C level. So we'll have boys and girls scores for you from around the state of Montana. We're also going to hear from Rochelle Sayers. She's the head coach for the Carroll College women's basketball team. They are a top-four squad in the country. They have a number-one overall seed heading into this weekend's NAIA a women's national tournament. And then we'll also hear from Aiden Reed. This is a cool story. Aiden Reed is a kid from Helena, Montana. He uh, took a risk, went out on a limb, and went to run at Southern Utah. And he ends up leading Southern Utah to the Men's Cross Country Big Sky Conference Championship. Now, why is that of consequence? Because the greatest dynasty in all of Big Sky Conference sports ever, not close, period, has been the Northern Arizona Men's Cross Country team. They have won not multiple Big Sky Championships. They have won multiple national championships. They were the number two team in the country going into the Big Sky Conference meet last week. But Aiden Reed, a fifth-place finish to help pace Southern Utah, to that cross-country championship, so we'll catch up with the Montana native. It's coming down the wire. It's getting heated here. Uh, it's at Idaho Central Arena. Montana State clinging to a 47-43 lead, 9:48 left in the second half here in Boise. Riley, what's up, my man? How you living? Oh,
1: my gosh. Is this not great or it's what? It's so I mean, great, man. I've... Again, people back in Montana, this is what it's going to be like next year, having a, an actual crowd here. I know it's only a couple hundred, but these games are intense. This is one of my favorite days, not only the quarterfinal day for the women on Tuesday, but quarterfinal day here for the men. Four-team seasons will end. The, the desperation, you can feel it even up here on this third-level, culture And we know this game has gotten really wild. Montana State's already committed 10 fouls in 10 minutes compared to just three for Idaho State. So, Danny Sprinkle, good good. reason to uh, get a little fired up for that technical, but Idaho State was just down by 12, trimmed it back to 4. This is going to be wild, and I think we're going to have a full night of hoops, and I mean late. Uh, Here's an early uh, preview, Grizz fans. It's going to be a later tip than 8. It's probably going to be closer to 9 o'clock before Montana and Weber State, which I know we're going to get to. But this is great. I know me and you are, are very blessed and fortunate that not only this week, that we're going to get to do this next week as well. But, man, this is fun today.
0: I think that my second favorite thing to watch, besides the action that's playing out on the court, and this is a really good game, back and forth, is Xavier Bishop, who is a senior guard from Montana State. His father and uncle are here in the stands, and they're sitting right on the back row, right below us, and they are giving it to the referees. It is amazing to listen to; they are going crazy. But it is uh, it's fun to see the passion in an arena back in action. Let's so let's start with this morning's game. Uh, Northern Colorado comes out the gates. Wow, big dunk by Jabril Bellow. And one, he headbutts the <laughs> the basket afterwards. That Bello's having a monster game already. He's got 15 points. He's four or five from the floor, and he's having his way with Braden Parker, Idaho State's All-League post. And uh, that's the kind of effort they're going to need out of Bellow if Montana State wants to advance. But the winner of this game, they go on to play Southern Utah because Southern Utah had their way with Northern Colorado this morning. I thought that... Uh, Northern Colorado plays this distinct style in the Big Sky Conference. It's a very good strategy in a league like the Big Sky where everybody shoots so many threes. Northern Colorado wants to chase you off the three-point line as much as they can. I think they led the country in three-point attempts allowed in the uh, this year. Again, I think that's like four out of five years. They've allowed the fewest three-point attempts in the entire country. So they chase you off the three-point line, and then they want to hit a bunch of threes. Their whole strategy is to make you hit five or less threes and hit ten or more, because they're going to have a five-point advantage like that. And if they shoot the ball well, they win. If they don't, oftentimes they don't. But regardless, Southern Utah said, we're not going to play that game. Instead, Southern Utah straight up, put the ball in the hands of the best downhill guard in the big sky in John Knight. And he just went to the rim over and over and over and over again. Do
1: you remember on Monday when the two of us and Sean Randy we were talking about there needs to be an it factor award? I found the word the explosive factor. The most explosive player yes, in the league yes. is John Knight, and he exploded today. He was the difference maker, and again, like you said, Northern Colorado loves the strategy that our threes are going to mean more than your twos, and eventually that's going to add up, but not when you pour in over 30 points like John Knight did, and Coulter, he just took this game over, and I think Northern Colorado made a really good push late, but the, the in-between, that late first half, early second half run, it just proved to be too much, and Southern Utah, it seems like to me, they are going to continue the trend. It's amazing. You know, normally this week throughout the country, there are so many upsets, like the sure. monumental yeah. ones, right? Villanova, number one seed in the Big East, they go down this morning. But the number one seed in the Big Sky Conference has made the championship game 13 of the last 14 years in, in Southern Utah, well on track to make it 14 out of 15, but it's amazing to me that now no one seed has really stumbled when there's been plenty of close calls and opportunities to do so.
0: John Knight, too, is one of my favorite guys in the league. Not only to watch, but Because he is an unbelievable athlete. He's so fearless. He's so aggressive. And he knows his role. For more than that... He's also just such a funny guy. He has a whole different style of confidence. He's from Jackson, Mississippi. I've never covered a guy in the Big Sky from Mississippi, but he, he sounds and talks just like he's from Mississippi. When we asked him in the post-game press conference, and by the way, if you want to get behind the curtain here, here's the way that these work out. If you're wondering why when you're watching the videos or listening to the, the interviews on this show or on SkylineSportsMT.com, if you're wondering why there's only one person asking questions, well, Denise Thompson, who's the communications director for the Big Sky Conference, she's conducting the in-person interviews because she's a tier one. She's been tested every day so she can be around the players. And uh, we send them the questions via the chat. So you never know who who the questions are coming from. But it's actually been a pretty smooth procedure because then we have, then the players and the coaches can hear the questions. But anyways, I submitted a question asking John Knight how he thought Northern Colorado's defense was an aid to him getting into the lane. And he said, well, we knew we were going to be able to penetrate. We knew that they were going to hug our shooters. But at the end of the day, it's one-on-one. If you get me against a big, I'm taking John Knight every, time. He, every started, time. he started taking. He started talking third-person Carl Malone <laughs> style, and I loved it. I love the confidence from John Knight. But Southern Utah has a special brand of swagger. They have a special brand of athleticism, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see because I thought one of the biggest narratives coming into this tournament was can they handle the pressure? only Colorado races out to a 10-point lead, and I thought, wow. Maybe Southern Utah's going to pull under the pressure, but then they slapped on that full-court trap, and they just eviscerated Northern Colorado. They go have to halftime with a 12-point lead, and they cruise from there.
1: The script was completely flipped from a couple years ago when Northern Colorado won every award. Jeff Linder was Coach of the Year, yep. Davis was MVP, yep. and Southern Utah was the team that... No one was talking about, and they came in and beat Northern Colorado. And we had said it on your show here the last couple of weeks. How can Southern Utah handle it? Everyone's talking about you. You have the coach of the year. You have four seniors with a ton of talent, and they answered the bell today. And that was a big first step for me. This Southern Utah team plays with an insane amount of confidence. If you're John, if you dye your hair red, (laughs) You have a lot of confidence in your game, and that's exactly what Knight uh, brings to it. He's just different on the floor. There's a different level of athleticism that he can bring to it all, and I I love watching him play. And Southern Utah, I think we've tried to talk ourselves maybe out of Southern Utah. You watch them on the floor, no matter who they end up playing, and yes, I am going to move them to the championship game no matter who wins this one. Sure, Them against the winner of whoever outlasts the Eastern Weber-Montana trio there, they're obviously going to have a really good chance, and I I feel kind of, and I'm guilty of this too, that we've been trying to talk ourselves into a reason to not take Southern Utah, but at the end of the day, when you watch them, they very well could be the best team in this league.
0: No question. I think that a lot of people just look at the name and they remember the way that Todd Simon initially built the program, and they sort of scoff and say, well, maybe it's just a flash in the pan, maybe it's just a fluke, but here's the thing. In terms of the way programs are built, Todd Simon's done a hell of a job. Todd Simon... He, he went transfer heavy initially, and they had mixed results. They had some of the great individual talents in the league, like Randy Wasser, Andre Adams, Dwayne Morgan. But they always had a little bit of chemi- Cameron Aluotan, but they always had a missing chemistry link. Well, while he was bringing in those transfers, though, he kept bringing in four-year guys, and then he, they kept developing those four-year guys. Then they get John Knight as a transfer who comes to him early, and that really helped, too, because then he could be acclimated to the culture, get used to everything that they want to do. But then They developed guys like Dre Marine and Mason Fawcett and Harrison Butler. And all of a sudden now, they actually have less transfers they rely on than almost anybody in the entire conference.
1: It's crazy coming into it now because they have evolved. And I think the the role definition is so important. Harrison Butler, to me, is that guy. Because remember, he should have been freshman of the year a couple years ago, the big-time star recruit. And his role's really diminished culture, but he has embraced it because it's more of the betterment of this group. And that's why Southern Utah works so well. They have so many weapons. I mean, you go down the line, four, five, six different players. So um, it's nice to see the mix. And guys, I really have a soft spot for people to commit to a place for four years and then experience success, especially when they've really brought the program from the bottom to the top. And that's why Southern Utah is a pretty good story. The Mason Faucets, the Dre Marines, to stick it out and for top. Simon, there was no doubt. Talking with Coach Dekir and many coaches around the league no doubt he was the coach of the year this year and I think a lot of people were happy for Todd Simon I think a lot of people also don't realize he was the one that brainstormed this scheduling strategy how can we get the most games in even though it probably wouldn't benefit his team they're in a remote location to do it so uh, Travis Takir mentioned that and I, and I would second it that uh, Todd Simon and they just deserve so much credit they're obviously a contender and whoever can outlast this slugfest that we're watching right now they're in for a dogfight tomorrow afternoon.
0: Listening to Nguanez now 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide SWX Montana Television. I'm Colter Nuanes, Riley Corcoran, host of the Grizz. Joining me, Mr Redpath, our women's basketball Big Sky Conference analyst, will join us here in about 10 minutes. Uh, the game between Montana State Idaho State it is it's a dog fight for sure. 54-49 Montana State is leading with 6:35 left. Just got a text from somebody that uh, knows Danny Sprinkle pretty well that said I haven't seen Sprinkle this bad except for when he's golfing. So uh, you know you know that he's definitely uh, he's definitely turned up. But we are broadcasting to you live from Idaho Central Arena in Boise, Idaho. Thanks so much to all of our great sponsors for sending us down here, including Aspen Sound of Missoula. Aspen Sound wants to get you ready for the summer with window tinting. For For your car and stereos for your boat, Aspen Sounds located at 1300 West Broadway in Missoula. Uh, Here's what we're going to do. Last night, Montana they had, or I guess it wasn't even last night. Yesterday was a blur. Five games in one day. Uh, It was definitely a lot of fun, but it was definitely a lot of work too. But Montana's men in the final first round game. They posted a 69-64 win over Idaho. They did not make a shot. Uh, did not make a field goal in the last 8 minutes and 12 seconds of the game. But they did make 10 free throws to salt the victory away. They move into the quarterfinals. They'll have the late quarterfinal tonight against number 3, Weaver State. So we're going to get some of Raleigh's reactions from that game. But first, we're going to hear from Travis Dekir, Josh Vasquez, and Robbie Beasley. Here's a piece of the postgame press conference from last night. Montana taking down Idaho in the first round of the Big Sky Tournament. Hard five victory.
3: Um, Idaho did what they've done all year, really. Um, you know, they played a lot of teams close and, and just have not found a way to really you know, pull off some Ws. Uh, we flirted with a lot of games down the stretch. Um, if you'd have told me we shoot 38%, I'd tell you it'd been a struggle uh, and, and probably didn't get up double figures a couple times. So uh, that's a sign of what we can do defensively and getting stops when we need to get stops and getting loose balls and forcing turnovers the way we can defensively to give ourselves some extra possessions. So uh, it was a greedy win, and we, we take them out, we can get them.
4: What was the experience like playing a team that you had not played yet this season?
3: Uh, different, especially when you're, you're talking tournament play, but it's the whole season's been like that. So, um, you know, I, I think the most different thing for us is to only have one guy that's played in a conference tournament game on my roster on the floor. And um, so it was a learning experience for everyone. So it was a little different for all of us um, and for us to come out of that with a win was huge. I know.
4: Has just one win, but they have four seniors. What did you think of Idaho's
3: fight today? They were physical. Uh, they were very confident. They did what they do. They didn't make a lot of mistakes. We had to force uh, some things to our advantage, um, you know, handle the scout well, I thought, individually and collectively. Uh, but they fought like, like seniors would, right? It's their last college game for some of them. Um, and, and they want to go, you know, win as many games as they can in the tournament and experience some success. And so I thought our young guys battled. Uh, and we're just as physical in, in, in terms of trying to get a win.
4: It seemed every time he needed a big shot, Josh stepped up today. What did you think of his performance?
3: Huge. Uh, you know, I, I think the biggest thing for him was what he did on the defensive end, the, the deflections, the steals, creating extra possessions for us. Um, his teammates did a phenomenal job of setting screens and getting the ball to him. Um, you know, he's, he's made a lot of big shots for us here lately, and so what he does. He shoots the ball. Um, we expect it to go in every time he shoots. It's kind of weird when it doesn't go in. Um, But I I think he stays prepared. I think he's handled some changes that we've gone through as well as anyone could, uh, which is a sign of the selflessness that he has in him and and how much he wants to win. So he stays ready and we appreciate it.
4: Josh, when you were down early, what did it take for the team to respond with the 14-3 run that gave you guys the lead?
1: Um, I just want to say our patience. Um, We kind of came out like one pass shot and that's not like really our offense. We like to like move the ball around and get in the paint. And just once we start doing that we get our rhythm and flow and then it's over, we start making shots.
4: Robbie, today was definitely an intense game. What was the experience like playing in your first conference tournament?
1: Um, to be honest, I was a little spooked in the first half. Started out slow. <laughs> I missed first two shots and I was getting beat on defense, but like I settled down throughout the game and I just focused on defense and playing with energy and then good things happened today, so
4: Josh, obviously you are knocking down shots, but you had tons of deflections defensively. How well did you feel, not just about your offense, but your overall performance today?
1: Um, I think it was pretty good. Um, of course, like the offense making shots, like it's a big thing. But one thing that the coaches harp on is that, like you know, on the defensive end, we got to work. Um, they they're on me a lot for like getting close to the to the offensive player and trying to get my hand on the ball, and uh, that's what I did today, and it made me transition better on the offensive end.
4: Coach, Idaho obviously wanted to go inside with their bigs, but on the other end, you got them the pick and roll situations. How did you feel about that matchup overall?
3: Well, I thought we made it work. You know, they, they got some, some tight touches around the rim. They worked angles fairly well. They're pretty physical down low. I thought they did a good job getting in there, but we forced a lot of turnovers on those attempts, and, and I think they may have turned it over more than they actually got the shot. Um, so I feel like we won that battle. And then on our end, with the ball screens, we made them work. We spread them out, uh, which allowed us to get in the paint and make some things happen. But. I think the biggest thing is when you make people work on the defensive end, they tend to not have the legs they need to do the things they want to do offensively.
4: How will your preparation for tomorrow change, if any, um, since you played were State twice as opposed to playing Idaho, not at all?
3: Um, it won't. You know, I, I, A lot of our, our preparation is based on what we've seen recently, more so than what happened against us. Um, I think mean, Idaho made a lot of changes between today and what we would have seen a week ago. Um, and, and so I, we got to do the same thing we, we were stayed. I think there's some guys in different roles since the last time we played, and we got to be prepared for that. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll look to change a couple things, tweak a couple of things, um, but be as consistent as we can as, as a team because that's how you flow and you can stay aggressive without trying to do too many things outside of your character.
4: Robbie, today at times the score was a little too close that so I'm sure you guys would have liked. What was the conversation like at halftime, and what do you think that you and your teammates changed?
1: Um, just keep getting stops. Uh, we didn't really shoot the ball well like in the first half or really the whole game, so our defense kept it in it. So just getting stops and then getting scores after, but just really focusing on our energy on defense and our talk and our yeah, overall. Josh, what
4: changes
5: this?
0: There you go. Travis Takir, Robbie Beasley, Josh Vasquez postgame after Montana's 69-64 victory over Weber State to move into the quarterfinals. You're listening to Nuanez Now. I'm Coulter Nuanes. Riley Corcoran sitting in with me for at least a brief moment in time here. 59-52 Montana State now leads Idaho State. Four minutes and 42 seconds to go in the second quarterfinal game of the day. This uh, The winner of this game will advance to take on top-seeded Southern Utah in the uh, semifinals of the Big Sky Conference Championship. Thanks to all of our great sponsors that sent us down here to Boise to bring you Nuanas Now. It's our tournament takeover. And the last interview was presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Brent and his team, they are the official realtors of Grizzly Athletics. The Wahlberg team has more than four decades of experience in western Montana. Wahlbergs work as a family team to help you fill all your real estate needs. They can take care of you whether you need help with residential, land, investment, or commercial. Give Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team from Windermere Real Estate I call a call today. Riley, just had a couple minutes here, so first of all, your impressions of Montana's win yesterday wasn't pretty, particularly from an offensive perspective. But I did think that it's worth stating Idaho is a one-win team, but they do have four seniors. Scott Blakely is a load. He's a, he's a good player as a post player. And Montana doesn't really have a post player. But I thought that Kyle Kyle Owens and uh, Josh Bannon kind of took turns on him and I thought they did pretty well. Your, your thoughts on the Grizz win yesterday?
1: I think you could easily say ugly win, right? And the, the narrative of survive in advance, I think all of those certainly apply to the win. For this young Grizzly team, there was a lot going on for them during that 40 minutes of basketball. And I think Really, from the positive angle of this, they were tested, right? I mean, they built a big lead. They they proved that they could do that. But then, of course, the same issues reared their ugly head again about them not being able to close out up by 15 with 10 minutes to go, a double-figure lead with three and a half minutes to go, and still just holding on for dear life. But it is a breakthrough moment, again, for this young team to get out on the floor. And for the same reasons that we talked about on Monday and Tuesday, Weber State has kind of re-identified themselves coming into this game. They're a little bit different than they were a month ago sure. going down to the post more. So it creates a different matchup. But as far as yesterday is concerned, yes, an ugly win. But it also proved to me, again, the Grizzlies, they can go a lot of different ways to score. Josh Vazquez obviously was so huge. But Montana, I thought it was interesting. I want to get your take X's and O's wise because Idaho went zone and forced right. Montana to shoot threes, which they are not comfortable
0: doing but they, they should be basket. They should just when they do that. Thought they should just. I think that the biggest issue that they have is is they are a balanced scoring team. But they have certain guys that can score better against certain styles of defenses or certain uh, strat- strategies mm-hmm. defensively. When teams zone them, they should just run all their stuff through baskets. Because yes. he's their best shooter, yeah. and he can come off the of screens, but he also creates his own shot. I mean, he had those two different ones where he got it, cl- hard closeout. He pump fakes, dribbles, and knocks one down. And I mean that's. That's what you need, and I, I just I think Vasquez is a cool customer. When he's confident, he's actually one of the best shooters in the league. I just think that they, when they're playing teams that uh, zone them like that, I think they just need to give him more more touches.
1: And I think another note to this, too, is you would maybe say the three hottest Grizzlies, as far as just their stats are concerned, coming in, really didn't have their best games. Kyle Owens, Josh Bannon, and Cam Parker were all held under 10 points, and those were the three guys that absolutely erupted against Weber State a month ago. So you can look at it from the lens that Montana didn't even have their best scorers show up and still do it. Obviously, for them to win any game from this point on, they need to have multiple guys at their A game, and that's what it's going to take tonight. But I thought it was intriguing to me that you'd have a Kyle Owens, Josh Bannon, and Cam Parker combined for less than 20 points, and they still come away with a
0: win. So tonight, they play Weber State. We're watching right now, Montana State is on the brink. They're up seven with three minutes and 38 seconds left, but they're on the brink to advance into the semifinals of the Caverns Tournament for the first time in more than a decade. There's a lot of different narratives around this league, and some of them seem to be self-fulfilling prophecies sometimes. Montana State not being able to advance in the tournament is definitely one of them. Perhaps the most overwhelming narrative in the Big Sky Conference over the last 10 years or so, though, has been that Montana and Weber State are going to play in the postseason, and when they play, Montana's going to have the upper hand. To be fair, Weber State has beaten Montana in the postseason twice over the last 10 years, but Montana has won six times, including three times in championship games, the last time this tournament reached its completion, Montana ripped Weaver probably in the in the most lopsided and uh, convincing statement win Montana's ever had over Weaver State in the postseason. They beat them by 30, and it was not even that close. So, Riley, tonight, this is a really uh, inexperienced Grizz team. Mack Anderson, the only player on the team that's played in this tournament before. They're playing a Weaver State team, but I think... Uh, Probably has a chip on their shoulder because of the way that the regular season played out. They didn't get a chance to get the conference championship because of a cancellation late. And uh, they're a talented squad, but most of their guys are are new to this tournament as well. So, do you believe in history influencing current games? Do you believe in history influencing the contemporary?
1: I think just from the coaching staff perspective on this because when you look at the straight roster for both of these teams no one's really experienced Montana and Weber State in the postseason because Weber State's on the, so Randy Ray and Travis DeCure though, absolutely talking with Coach DeCure last night, talking with him today, it's that confident Coach Dekir, you mentioned it, six of the last seven times they've met in this conference tournament, it's been Montana with the upper hand, I do think that that will influence it and the game plan coming in, we have had conversations off air and on air about how Montana just takes Weber State out of their strengths. And it, it happens over and over again. One of the most surprising wins of the year was when Montana took it to Weber State in Game 1 in Missoula. So we will see. I know that Weber State probably wasn't very eager to see Montana. I still think this stat is worth repeating, Coulter, for someone that loves the league as much as me and you do. The fact that these two teams that we're going to see tonight, Montana and Weber State, have combined for 21 tournament titles. Yep. The rest of the league combined... Has fourteen. Right. I mean, that is mind-blowing, yep. the fact that those two are the It really is. It's the Duke, North Carolina of the Big Sky Conference, and it, we're treated to another showdown. I do think that Randy Ray and Travis Takir, that is the biggest storyline coming into this thing. These are the, the, the deans of the Big Sky Conference that are going at it again at night. So I do think there is some influence coming in, and, hey, Weaver State, I mean... Everything's pointed their direction. They've won 10 of their last 11. Their only loss was yep. in Missoula. So um, everything's rolling, but they also have had a longer break, too, and they've been sitting around. There's a lot of X-Factors that come into it. I'd be curious to see how the Wildcats come out of the games.
0: He's Riley Corcoran. He's the voice of the Grizz. You can hear his call on the Grizzly Radio Network. Later on tonight, it's scheduled for 8 p.m. It ain't going to be 8. It's going to be more like 9 p.m. But uh, we'll see. But either way, you can find Riley tonight. Mini
1: programming note, we are going to start the pregame show at 8 now and tip-offs at 8.30. And I'm telling you, it's probably going to be later, but pregame is now starting at 8 rather than 7.30 for those out there.
0: Nuana is now, 102.90 ESPN Missoula. Or maybe you're watching on TV, SWX Montana Television. We're broadcasting to you live from Boise. I'm Colter Nuanas for Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. Back after this with Crystal Redpass. She's our women's basketball analyst. She's been calling each and every game. From the cage, we get her perspective on uh, the championship matchup between Idaho and Idaho State and much more right after this. Now, I'm Colter Duanez. We're broadcasting to you live downtown Boise, Idaho from Idaho Central Arena. It's the Big Sky Conference Women's and Men's basketball championships. Montana State, they're now up 10 points, 64-54, a minute and 24 seconds to go. If they win this game, it would be a huge win for Danny Sprinkle and his squad. It's been a long time since they advanced to the semifinals of the Big Sky Conference Tournament. It will be the first time they advanced that far under Coach Sprinkle. Uh, so if they do, they will get the right to play the number one-seeded Southern Utah Thunderbirds. Southern Utah won 91-83 over Northern Colorado earlier today. I'm not really sure why there's technical foul shots being uh, shot right now by Idaho State, but they are, and uh, they make both of them. And, oh, excuse me, missed the second one, but Danny Sprinkle, he's not happy, but his team's still in control of this game. Yesterday, the women's basketball tournament, all of a sudden, it's all the way down to the wire. A couple great games in the semifinals. Idaho State takes care of business 65-55 over Northern Colorado and Idaho. Races past Montana State. Great third quarter by the Vandals to pull away with an 80-64 victory. So we have the number one Bengals versus the number two Vandals in tomorrow's championship at noon. So that means it's time now for what we do each and every Friday, or excuse me, Thursday, during the 4 o'clock hour. Around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops, Crystal Redpath, are. Big Sky Conference Women's Basketball Analyst, as well as the color commentator for each and every one of these games, joining me now here on Nuwana's Now. And Chris, I've, have you been having fun?
7: I've been having a great time. I mean, it, it is just so much fun culture to start with the teams and then work your way and progress through mm-hmm. the tournament.
0: It is. It's, it's a great time. And the narratives that build throughout the tournament are awesome. And uh, a lot of times we don't get the the championship that I, you don't say want because we're not rooting for anybody. It would have been cool to see Montana State make a run as well, or even Northern Colorado, and we'll get to those two teams in the next segment as well. But. I know, and Idaho State are great. I mean, and this is going to be an awesome championship game. So to see both of those teams sort of finish the deal and meet up in, in the matchup, that I think will be much anticipated, was it's it's going to be pretty fun
7: for sure. And I don't think we've seen a one-two for many years. When we I haven't. look back at our the history of the tournament, especially in the neutral site, we haven't seen a one-two yet. So I think that those two teams separated themselves and they did the things that they needed to do at the right time. I mean, Montana State just went cold, like you said, Coulter in the yeah. third quarter, and they couldn't find a way. And and then Idaho explores, you know, explodes offensively, not only with their inside game, but then Gandy just comes in with a few daggers. So I, I look at that and think that there's different narratives that play out for each of these games, and that's been fun.
0: Montana State played a great first half last night. They were up 36, excuse me, 38 to 32 at halftime. They were playing with a ton of confidence. Tori Martell had a great stretch where she hit back-to-back threes to, to help Montana State. Seize the momentum, but it was a, it was a matchup deal yesterday. Montana State, when they were playing with Gabby Mackey and Sky Lindsay to combat Idaho's front line of Natalie Klinker and Beyonce B and, and you know, several other players, uh, it, it was even though Montana State they have they have the power to compete. Then they then they were losing their way on the perimeter, so then they had to go the smaller lineup. That freshman lineup though actually really helped them, and they, they were actually the physical uh, enforcers in the first half. But then. John Newley talked about it in his postgame, which we'll hear in just a, a minute. But Idaho really exerted their physicality in the second half. Now they clicker her 11 rebounds, I thought was a key statistic for Idaho to pull away.
7: Definitely, I think that they were getting all the boards right, and yeah. the Montana State just couldn't find a way down there. And they were battling, and and it was physical. I mean, there was it was chippy out there. The it, physicality. We had some parents that were getting all into it, yelling back and forth, and uh, you know, you could sense that someone's season is going to end. And. You know, I look at Montana State. You know, obviously, I've, I've been along for the whole ride this, this season, especially with calling, you know, talking with you each week, Coulter. And Coach Binford definitely alludes to her depth. Um, but I felt that kids didn't really get into a rhythm. Right. Um, and that's one thing that's, it's almost like the other side of having depth is that certain players just weren't able to find their flow. And you just kept waiting for them to come on. And Idaho kept just responding. And then you just felt that momentum shift.
0: How did Idaho disrupt the rhythm? Well, let's hear from John Newley as well as Natalie Clicker and Beyonce B from after the game last night. It is around the Big Sky Women's Hoops with Chris Redpath right here on Nuanas Now. It's presented in part by Pangaea
5: in Missoula. Okay, it certainly was a, uh, a tough physical basketball game without a doubt. You know, two teams fighting to get to the championship game. You expect nothing nothing less uh, from the 2-3 and three seed going at it. Um, but I was really proud of our, our players, the way we responded. Um, after halftime. We, you know, we, we talked at halftime about really uh, kind of bowing up and matching their physicality if that's the way the game was going to be. And um, you know, I'm just so proud of the way these guys responded in that second half, especially defensively in that third quarter where we just locked them down and took them out of their, took them out of their game the way they kind of had done at the start of the game. Um, I thought defensively we were fantastic in that third quarter. It really flipped the game.
4: When you're in such a tight game like that, with the physicality, intensity, and so much on the line, what is the conversation like at halftime?
5: Uh, basically, I said, "Look, we we have to match their physicality. Right now, they are they are just trying to pound us into the ground. You know, every entry pass, we're getting pounded. We're just getting pounded. And I said, got to you got you to gotta bow up. You just got to bow up, and you got to match it. If you want to if you want to get to the championship game, that's what I, it can go two ways. You got to bow up and match it, or we're going to lose." And uh, it was our choice and, and my kids' attitude flipped and they just said, we're not, we're not gonna take any kind of pounding. We're, we're, gonna, we're gonna give it back. And uh, I love the way we responded.
4: Natalie, what was it that you and your teammates had to do to keep yourselves mentally in a game, especially just close down the line? Yeah, I think like going into halftime, we all just like felt like all that physicality had us a little
1: bit frazzled. I think a big part of it was just taking a deep breath and like having the confidence in ourselves, knowing that we were the better team and playing like it.
4: You and your teammates are able to score 36 points in the paint. Kind of tell me what you saw down low. Um, you know, they were switching on our screens, and so that was like a big thing going into our game plan that we talked about, um, just taking advantage of that, getting a pass, and then also, I just think it was there, so like we just kept going for it. Yeah, let's kind of talk about what this win means to you, um, especially knowing that, you did not have the opportunity to compete for a championship last year. Yeah, this uh,
8: win means a lot to me, to the team, to everyone. You know, coach and staff. Uh, we've just all put in so much hard work uh, this entire season to get here, and it's been the goal ever since the start of the season.
4: Um, and ever since,
8: honestly, um, last last year when we didn't get to the chance to play. And so uh, we all just really wanted to make this one count and to get here again. And uh, I think
4: we're all just super excited to get to play. Coach, you guys. have
0: Natalie Klinker, who's actually a native of Fairfield, Montana, and Beyonce B after Idaho's win last night. Update from here 68 57 Montana slate leads, 31 and a half seconds to play. It looks like the Bobcats will move on. First semifinal bid in quite some time for Montana State. They will take on the top-seeded Southern Utah Thunderbirds in the semifinals tomorrow, if they can hang on. Still 31 seconds left, but it uh, looks like Montana State's going to hang on. On the women's side, though, like we're talking, you're listening to is now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide, SWX Montana Television. On the women's side, Idaho, a great 80-64 to victory to move into the uh, Big State Conference Women's Basketball Championship. Montana State's season ends with a 70, 17-6 and record, but it might not quite be over. They might take a postseason berth, we will see, uh, but we'll get to uh, around to that. But let's hear from Trisha Benford, Tory Martell, Montana State's lone senior, as well as their star sophomore guard, Darian White.
8: Uh, well, to start, I'm I'm really proud of the squad and uh, uh, what they've uh, overcome, like so many teams in a very unusual and difficult, and challenging year. And we've done it with a very young group and. Uh, these two kids uh, on both sides of me have been just tremendous leaders along the way, getting people to, to grow as we've gone and com- accomplished a lot this season. And uh, there's always kind of be that kind of final final stop. And uh, it wasn't our night tonight, but uh, just really proud of this group.
4: Coach, can you just talk about the intensity that you saw from your team from start to
8: finish? Well, yeah, I think sometimes you can want it so badly that it kind of takes you out of just uh, kind of settling in and playing your game. And at the start of the game, I thought it might be a 90-point game for both teams. Uh, both teams came out really hot and just thought it had great flow to it and uh, kind of took some momentum into halftime. And uh, credit Idaho they came right back in that third quarter and just didn't respond the right way. And, And just, you know, we had a lot of breakdowns and, you know, uh, with a a team like that, it seemed like every time we had a breakdown, they exposed it and uh, hit a shot.
4: And this time of year, you got to be super sharp and we just weren't able to do that down the stretch. Idaho was able to score 36 points in the paint. Can you just talk about how maybe that hurt a little bit for the Bobcats? Yeah, I mean we're, we're kind of a team that uh, wants to build a wall pretty
7: pretty
8: effectively and they got a lot of lane line penetration, they got a lot of slips and um, so just uh, once again, like I said, it, this is a team that shoots a three a lot but can't give up two things, so you gotta you got to make sure that uh, you keep them check, you have some contested shots so they kind of got a little bit of everything on us and so, so great job by them really penetrating hard and, and kind of getting
4: some hips and and uh, weren't able to, to finish that job. Tori, just talk about the mentality coming out of halftime. You guys went into halftime. The energy was there. We had everything we needed. What was this a conversation like before before the second half?
7: Um, I think just going into the half with the same intensity that we did the first half, and I don't know, just continuing to play defense and doing what we do. But I think they came out of
4: half a little bit stronger than we did, not showed in the third quarter. Coach, you guys had 22 points from your bench. Can you just talk about that team play?
8: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of been who we've been uh, all season long. We've had a variety of kids stepping up, and, uh, you know, you're just trying to find uh, the right group and right mix at the right time and uh, and have those uh, those sparks off the bench. And I think that's been huge for us, and, and that's been a strength all season long. And uh, so... Uh, how everybody's responded uh, when their names has been called has been tremendous. Uh, everybody's risen to the, to the table, but they've also been great teammates. Uh, this team has celebrated the success of each other all season long. It's been one of the most amazing benches when you got to create your energy without that crowd noise and the
4: atmosphere that we've, we've been used to. Tori, you played with so much confidence in the first half. What maybe you flip that for, to the eye at home momentum in the second half? Um, I think we kind of just went in a stretch of things weren't going or dropping, and we panicked a little bit,
7: I think, and I think that swung into their momentum as well, and just, I don't know, kind of went in a spiral a little bit when we weren't hitting our shots, I panicked even
4: too. Coach, you played a lot of lineups today, like you have all year. What advantages does that provide for you tonight? uh well
8: typically just keeps some fresh legs on the floor you know especially if uh you're coming off the bench you've had a chance to see some things in action and how to respond to that in uh you know, that's where, we, we, um, where we've we been super strong. We've been kind of consistent across the board. And we've been contagious in both ways when things are going well, but also when when things are struggling. I think that's been a little bit contagious too. So I, I think that's an a opportunity for us to grow and learn and, and really uh, settle in with things that we can control. And I thought that's where we got off and we try to make some, some, some big plays rather than just some solid plays. But uh, overall, our bench has been fantastic all year. This has been a very deep team. It's it's been a and I think that's been a strength for us
4: and it will continue in the future. Darian, you and other teammates are coming back strong. What do you think that this team can do for the next few years?
8: Um, We like to focus on defense, especially. I think we're a very young, talented team. Um, We're a very versatile team. We have a deep bench, and I think that's going to carry on to the next few years
4: of being aggressive and just uh, being attack-minded and consistent. Sticking with that forward.
0: to Nuanes now. I'm Coulter Nuanes, broadcasting to you live from Boise, Idaho, Idaho Central Arena. Second quarter final of the men's tournament in the books. Montana State emerges with a 71-63 victory over Idaho State. The first conference tournament victory of Danny Sprinkle's career as a head coach. The first time Montana State has moved on into the semifinals of the Big Sky Tournament in more than a decade. And the Bobcats, they will take on top-seeded Southern Utah tomorrow in the semifinals. 22 points from senior guard Xavier Bishop to lead the way. Drew, Jabril Bello, junior big man for Montana State, chipped in 19 points. And Montana State advances to the final four of the Big Sky Conference tournament. We're talking women's hoops right now, though, because it's around the Big Sky women's hoops. The Chris Redpath, our Big Sky Conference women's basketball analyst, it is proudly presented in part by Staven Hoop. Staven Hoop is a great speakeasy located below Pangaea in Missoula. They're currently open from 4 p.m. until midnight, Tuesday through Saturday. Go check out Pangea; they have uh, one of the best specials in town I've seen. You can get a local burger and a local draft beer for under ten bucks. I haven't seen that anywhere, so go check out. Staven and hoop today, uh, Chris. we shared some sound from Trisha Binford as well as Tori Martell and Darian White after the uh, Montana State women's loss last night, and uh, great finish to the career, first of all, for Tori Martell. I think that. She bought into what Montana State wanted her to be for the duration of her career. She's one of the best reserves in the league and one top reserve in the league last year on a championship team. And then this year, had to shoulder the load of being the only senior on the youngest team in the country. And she went out with a floor. She had a great stretch run to her senior year. And I think she deserves a lot of credit for the way she conducted herself with so much poise throughout her Montana State career.
7: She played tremendous at times. She really helped them. I feel like Darian and Tori were were one of the best one-two punches in the big sky. Definitely. And Darian just has the ability to penetrate the paint and do things that a lot of players aren't able to. And she was able to hit Tori and set her up for what Tori does very well, which is spot three-point shooting. But you know, Tori also was a leader, uh, taken it to the hole on the defensive end. She completed her nursing degree while she was playing. I mean, that's just uh, uh, pretty amazing.
0: The narrative now that's surrounding this Montana State program is going to be just how bright the future is. And I'm so interested to see how this team handles high expectations because they are going to have expectations that then continue to build for the next three years. You lose Tori Martel, but you return the rest of the core. I mean, Darren White is one of the best players in the league. is only a sophomore. Uh, I think that once they get healed up from the various things that have uh, ailed them in recent weeks and months, Cole, Bad Bear, and Jackson have a chance to be really good players in this league as well, and they talk about the group of five outstanding freshmen. Uh, at their best, any one of those young ladies could have been freshman of the year in the league, and I think that they kind of stole votes from each other, but collectively, certainly the best freshman class in the league. So what do you think of just Montana State's future? It seems as if the future is incredibly bright for Treasure Binford's squad.
7: Well, I think there is some pressure, right, Coulter? Right. I mean, I had pressure my whole career when we were winning every year, and, and I think you, you get to that level where that's part of the expectations of your program. And I think Montana State has elevated in that manner where they can now consider themselves in a winning tier consistently in the conference. So I I think that they'll continue to get better in the offseason. They're such great kids. They hoop a lot. I think Coach Binford has overlaid a great system and let them know where expectations are. I think she's very good at setting those with her players. Like, this is what I expect of you, and this is where you can come in and fill some need for us. I mean, I was impressed with the play of Lexi Deaton off the bench. I mean, steals on the floor, Defensively, offensively, and you know, you just don't know how kids are going to transition from high school to college, especially on that defensive end. And I thought she just made an incredible leap, and she's, she's going to be a, a good force for Montana State.
0: Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops, presented by Pangea, Pangea, great new restaurant downtown Missoula. Check out their room. it's an awesome venue for lunch meetings, corporate meetings, anything like that. You can reserve at mtpangea.com. I had a thought yesterday, Krista, while we were watching the semifinals. I was watching Diaba Canote just wreak havoc for Idaho State, and I thought to myself, my gosh, she's only a sophomore. And then I thought to myself, well, Beyonce B is only a sophomore, too. And then I thought to myself, well, Darren White's only a sophomore, too. And then I'm watching Northern Colorado against Idaho State, and I'm realizing that Alicia Davis and Jasmine Gales and... Uh, Alicia White. They're all sophomores. The sophomore class in the Big Sky right now is stacked. I mean, this is going to be a tremendous league moving forward.
7: I know. And how incredible for these coaches to be able to rely on that type of leadership. And they're getting it from their younger players. And, you know, I think we've watched even some of these teams with the experience uh, to have the younger kids come in and mash and mold. I mean, I I just think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch these players develop. I mean, Alicia Davis, her game is just incredible. incredible. I mean, she is gliding out there. You know, she's a track star when she's in high school and uh, she just gets it done on both ends of the floor and she's a lot of fun to watch and it was really neat to watch Northern Colorado grow with her and start to play better and get her the ball in better positioning and I mean, I think if she gets the ball anywhere in the key, even at the top of the key, she's just
0: hard to beat. Her rebounding ability, too. I mean, it's not even just that she has a nose for the ball and she, does, she understands spatial awareness, but She'll just quite honestly go and just take the ball from people sometimes. I mean, she rip it away. She's so strong. It's amazing.
7: And her touch. That's what I noticed, even getting a chance to be in the same facility as these teams. I mean, we've had to do a lot of watching on Pluto TV this year. And, and just being able to be so close to her play and watch her movements, that touch is something that I don't think you can necessarily teach. It's inherent. And she's good at knowing where the ball is going to come off, and she just has a knack for getting to where she needs to be. And I think combined with her skill set, I mean, Her future is so bright. And if you look at Northern Colorado, I think you have to be really happy with your guard play and how they got better towards the end of the year. I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned
0: with. No question. I think Jenny Huth can coach a little bit too. She's a good recruiter. I think she's, she's really coming into her own as a head coach as well. Well, that's, that's great as far as the projecting of the future, but let's talk about the here and now tomorrow noon. You'll have, you'll be on the call. You and Jenny Cabot will be be on on the 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 call noon for the big side conference women's basketball championship game between top seeded Idaho state and number two, Idaho, what are the keys in this game? Because it's, these are contrasting styles. These are two of the, uh, the most strong-willed coaches in the league. Definitely different dynamics in their coaching styles, but definitely two of the best And seen Sobolewski at Idaho State and John Newley at Idaho. And then also, also you factor in the history because once upon a time... John Newley was at Idaho State and there's definitely a, that's definitely a factor in this game as well but what do you think the keys are for both of these teams if they are to emerge victorious Well
7: I think they all they each have their own identity right I I think Idaho State is more of a defensive-minded squad and they spread it. They really have different multiple offensive weapons. I think Callie Bourne has been critical for Idaho State on both ends of the floor. Again, we talked about this colder. I can't even believe she wasn't at all given a nod for all conference. I have
0: a great story about this. I'm not going to say who the source was, but somebody that's close to Callie Bourne said that he, he was with her when she did not get the All-League honor, and they happened to be at the gym. And if you've seen Callie Bourne, you know that she's one of the strongest players in the league. And uh, this person said that Callie Bourne stayed at the gym for Three hours that night, and set a new lifting record uh, on the squat because she was uh, she was frustrated. So let's say she's just she's putting in work for her senior year, but I expect her absolutely to be an all-league player next year because she. I mean. To me, she's one of the best players in the league already, so uh, it was an egregious snub, but here nor there. She's using it as her motivation because right now she's definitely one of the front runners for MVP at this tournament.
7: For sure. So in, in my communications with Coach Sobolewski, who I think is just a phenomenal coach, and I've been able to spend a lot of time with him in the last week with communication, he said that they give out a an award after each game, the queen of the game, and it's just like this little beat-up trophy <laughs> and that literally Kelly Bourne gets it most games like because it's the play that doesn't necessarily make the stat sheet and the plays could be that like the bench gets a warning because they're cheering too much, and like Seton likes that. Sure. Um, and so this award goes to the player on the team that just it gives you that extra little bit. And, and Callie has been the X factor for them, and is it's she? I think she'll be key tomorrow. I I think that when I look at Idaho State, um, they missed a few shots against Northern Colorado. They're such strong rebounders, mm-hmm. so they had a, they got second chance opportunities. So I think Idaho State is a disciplined, um, fundamental basketball team that executes according to Coach. So- plan. I think they just have to continue to play their game. And they're not going to allow you to get the easy drives to the basket. They're going to make it difficult for Idaho. It's going to be a grind fest. So I don't think they're going to allow Idaho to penetrate the paint. They're going to, you know, Ellie Smith and uh, Delaney Moore underneath are going to make it more challenging for Natalie Klinker. And I think we'll see what's going to happen on the underneath game. And you know, I think Idaho's just going to continue that up-tempo culture. Sure. Try to try to transition. Put up a lot of shots. Um, I think that when I look at Idaho State versus Northern Colorado, there there were some times when. Um, or excuse me, when I look at um, Idaho versus... um, Montana State. Montana State. I felt like Idaho didn't get off as many shots, uh, you know, transition-wise right away. Like, Gabby Harrington only had a couple shots going into the second quarter.
0: Yeah, she busted her ankle pretty bad, too. That's something to watch as well. She did.
7: She really did. Um, But I think Montana State is similar to Idaho State in that manner. Those are the top two defensive teams. So I think if you're Idaho State, you want to take that away, right? That's your game plan. Don't allow Idaho to get going because they're a team, once they get rolling... They're very tough to beat.
0: It's around the big sky in women's hoops with Crystal Redpath. I think we're probably going have to do this one more time next week. Uh, but we'll certainly probably hear from Chris on tomorrow's show after the championship is over because the game will be in the books by the time we go on air here on Nuwana's. Now we broadcast it to you each and every day from 4 to 6 p.m. right here on 102.9 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide SWX Montana Television. But around the big sky in women's hoops with Chris Redpath, it's presented proudly by Pangea. Pangea has a great ladies' night Wednesdays from 5.30 till close. They stay open until 11 p.m. now, so 5.30 till close, ladies' night if you're a lady, you're going to get half off all their entire craft cocktail menu, and they're quickly becoming known for their exceptional craft cocktails. Krista, thank you so much. This has been great. Best of luck on the call tomorrow.
7: Thank you, Coulter. It's always fun visiting with you.
0: Nuane is now from the Big Sky Tournament in Boise, Idaho. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you about an hour away from Eastern Washington versus Northern Arizona uh, for the third men's quarterfinal of the day. We have a bunch of great interviews for you on the other side as well. Rochelle Sayers from the Carroll College Women's Basketball Team. Aiden Reed, a Helena native who runs cross country at Southern Utah and will have state tournament basketball scores as well. Keep it right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula.
2: Get to more.